Howdy. This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, tonight, Saturday, December 9th, 2023, I wish you a very, very, very happy Weary Willy Day. Today's show is, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports. And Ohio State has caused me to come out with a podcast late on Saturday night. And that can only mean one thing. Something big has happened in Ohio State basketball because I cannot tell you the last time I sat here on a Saturday evening, late Saturday night, coming to you with a Buckeye basketball podcast. So, on today's show, we will discuss exactly why we're here, giving a review to Ohio State's game against Penn State. And if you're here, you already know, spoiler alert, Ohio State lost to Penn State. They blew a huge lead to the Nittany Lions, and the Big Ten away losing streak continues. So, on this show, I asked for one simple thing after the game. Give me your thoughts, and boy, did I get a lot of them via DMs, via tweets in the Ohio State Twitter community, and just through replies to my own tweets. I've got a lot of thoughts from you that I just want to pick through one by one. Typically on these shows, what I will do is I will just give a review of the game. I'll go back to the keys to the game and and give some takeaways, but tonight, unfortunately, It's not going to be that way. What we're going to do here tonight is figure out, me, myself, and I, and hopefully with you as well, how big of a loss is this for Ohio State to lose to Penn State, or are we overreacting? So, a very short recap of the Buckeyes game against Penn State. Well, things looked really, really good for the Buckeyes. At halftime, they led 41-21. to They looked really good statistically, player-wise. We had some guys sticking out in this one. But unfortunately, as you head into the second half, Ohio State's huge lead that they had gotten kind of was swept away. And in the first half, we saw good offense from the Buckeyes. Jameson battle in the first half, his plus-minus was plus 17. I don't know how much you care about that number, But that means when Jamison Battle was in, Ohio State was playing really, really well. Outside of that, you had a couple other guys playing well for the Buckeyes. But it was Jamison Battle. He goes 2 of 4 from 3, scores 8 points in the first half. You get a balanced attack there from the Buckeyes. Felix Akpara scores 5. Bruce Thornton scores 6. He makes 1-3. Roddy Gale goes 1 of 1 from the 3-point line. And that's 3 points of his own. And in the first half, the Buckeyes shoot 50 four percent Penn State on the other hand they shoot 34 percent they go two of nine from deep in the first half and the Buckeyes get out to a lead by as many as 12 and that's how they end the first half up 41 to 29 big time first half for Ohio State and you're thinking that you're going to cruise on in to an easy win here at Penn State the streak in which Ohio State cannot win in the In Big Ten play, as a visiting team, you think it's going to be completely over. This team that's riding high right now, that is on fire, you say, hey, they're going to be just fine. Other stats, there wasn't really anything 
that that stood out all that much. You can look at the turnover numbers for sure, but Penn State only committed three turnovers in the first half. Ohio State committed nine. They still had a huge lead, obviously. Rebounding-wise, Ohio State had the difference here. This is how they had control in the first half. They won the rebounding battle 26-12. to Ohio State, again, they led by as many as 12. They closed with a 12-point lead. Only two lead changes. Only two times was the game tied in the first half. And the Buckeyes led for 18 minutes in the first half. Then we move on to the second. Ohio State pushes its lead to as many as 18 points. With 15 and a half minutes left in the second half, they led by 18. But Penn State came back. And they came back with a fury. You remember how Ohio State won that first half. And that was by rebounding. Well, in the second half, they were only plus one on the glass. And turnover margin was horrible for Ohio State. They were minus minus two in the second half. And not only that, but Penn State shot 61% from the field. And an entire half. Ace Baldwin never left the game in the second half. He put up nine points. He had four assists in this one. And where Penn State really won this game was by winning the turnover battle. Penn State was able to cut that lead from 18 at one point, 15 and a half minutes left. They get it down to 11. Then Ohio State and Penn State kind of flirt around for a while. The the lead goes from 11 to 10 to 12 to 13 to 10. And then to eight. And then with eight and a half minutes left to go, it goes down to five. And then we're scoreless for a while. For about a minute and a half. And then the lead is down to two. And then the Buckeyes are able to push it back up for a little bit. They get it back up to six. And you're feeling okay with four and a half minutes left to go. And then the the essential route is on. Penn State ties the game. With under a minute left to go, they tied it with two and a half minutes left to go, but with a minute left, Ace Baldwin makes a two, little floater, goes in, we're tied at 76, and then Penn State never gave the lead back. They go up by three, up by two, up by four at some point, go up by three. The Buckeyes had a couple chances to win this game and get back in it in the second half, but they would be outscored 54 to 39 in the second half, and they go on to lose this game. Ohio State drops just his second game of the year. It's first game of the year in Big Ten play, and they are now 8-2 and two on the season. Penn State, on the other hand, they won four games to start the year. Then they lost their next five. And like many times last season in Big Ten play, if a team is cold, if a team is struggling, all it needed, the, the medicine that the doctor ordered was just play Penn, just play Ohio State. Play Ohio State and you'll be back to normal. After 40 minutes of taking your your medicine, you'll pick up the win, you'll be back on track. And unfortunately, that is what has happened yet again here. We're just in December. Just happened one time, but it's a trend that we have seen continue. So, that's how the game went, and I don't think there's really any value in going back and giving thoughts on the game, especially when I got so many thoughts from a bunch of different listeners on this show. But before I get to that, I need to get to what is the most concerning trait of Chris Holtman 
coached teams. This is going to take a couple minutes, but I'm going to get through it. You're going to get through it with me, hopefully. And this is going to be what have I said. This I've called it the bugaboo for Chris Holtman coached teams for, for several years now. I'm just going to go back two years. I'm going to go back. Obviously, this season, you have the Penn State game. But I'm going to go back to last year and to the season before that. The two previous years and talk to you about some trends that I've seen with Chris Holtman coach teams. And I'll start with 2022. So Ohio State played Rutgers on December 8th, 2022. I'm sure you remember this game. Ohio State led by 11 late in the first half. They lost their lead with 13 minutes left in the second half. And you lead by double digits multiple times. You lose that lead. You're kind of going back and forth. Ohio State able to win this game on a buzzer beater by by Tanner Holden, Ohio State legend, of course, that the Big Ten, after the game admitted, shouldn't have counted. So Ohio State wins, although they lose a substantial lead, a second-half lead, but the Buckeyes, even with losing that, that lead, they still win the game. Let's go to December 17th of last year. Against North Carolina. Ohio State led by nine at halftime. They lost the lead in which they led this entire game. They lost the lead with one minute left. They go to overtime and they lose. January 5th, 2023 against Purdue. They led by three at halftime. They led by as many many as 12 in the first half. And then, of course, we remember the brutal turnover by Justice Suing during a full court press. Gives Purdue the ball and they eventually win. 71-69 71-69 to 69 after Ohio State had a 12-point lead over Purdue. On the 8th of January, the very next game for Ohio State against Maryland, they led by five at halftime, one on a 9-0 scoring run, two-thirds of the way through the second half, and they went on to lose 80-73. to 73. Against Rutgers, January 15th, 2023, they led by three at halftime, led by 11 at one point in the first half, They would turn the ball over 19 times and eventually lose in overtime, 68-64. to Very next game against Nebraska, January 18th. Led by Nebraska, led against Nebraska. 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 Not Michigan State, not Purdue. Nebraska. Led by just one at halftime. Led by as many as five in, in the second half. They did, however, trail for most of the game. And they end up losing 63-60. to But it was Nebraska. Tight game. Close game. Chris Holtman and Ohio State unable to pull out the victory. We'll skip forward a couple weeks. February 2nd, 2023. They trailed Wisconsin by as many as 18. Magic number. They cut the lead to two multiple times in the second half. But failed to mount a full comeback. And they lost 65-60. to Later on in the month of February, on February 23rd, I was at not not only the Wisconsin game, but against Penn State, I was there as well at the shot. They trailed for most of the game, but they cut the leads down to one, two, three points several times, yet still lost 75 to 71. Now let's head to the Big Ten Tournament. Against Wisconsin, they led for over 37 minutes of a 40-minute game. And they led by as many as 27 is that right? Can I pause real quick? Was it 27 or was it 17? I'm going to just see if I can find this really quickly here, if you don't mind. 
but but you're probably sensing a trend at this point and and it's a pretty pretty brutal trend and we're not done yet so i'm gonna head back to last season really quickly here and here we go ohio state did in fact lead by as many as 27 i thought i just typed that wrong no not 17 27 15 minutes left in the second half led by 27 led for 37 minutes against wisconsin they won the game by two points very next game against Iowa in the Big Ten Tournament. They led by six at most. They trailed with 14 minutes left, but they end up mounting a comeback. Then they trailed again from the 10-minute mark to the three-minute mark. But then with three minutes left, they took the lead and they kept it. And they closed out that game. So last season, let me count these really quick. We've got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games in which Ohio State had a close game or had a big lead and ended up losing it. And in one of those 10 games, Ohio State won. Just one. That's it. Let's go to the season previous. First game of the year against Akron. They led by as many as 14, but needed a Zed Key layup at the buzzer to take the lead and win the game. If it wasn't for Zed Key's offensive rebound and making that layup as time expired... Ohio State would have lost. It wouldn't have forced overtime if Ohio State didn't get the bucket. They would have lost to Akron after leading by 14. First game of the year, don't care. After that, November 22nd of that season, they led Seton Hall by five at halftime. This was a better Seton Hall team than they are now, but still led by five at halftime, led for over 28 minutes in total, and had a 12-point lead in this game. The lead would end up disappearing, and the game was tied before Michi Johnson, Michi Johnson, Buckeye legend, hit a triple with two seconds left in Ohio State 1. So there's a game in which Ohio State had a lead, lost it, fought back, and won. Two days later, later against Florida. They led Florida by four at halftime, owned a 10-point lead halfway through the second half, led for over 33 minutes. Double-digit lead halfway through the second half. Led for over 33 minutes against Florida. They would lose 71-68. to A week later, they take on Duke. Trailed Duke for 31 total minutes and trailed by as, by as many as 15 points. They went on a 12 to nothing scoring run to close the second half. And they slammed the door shut on Duke, winning 71-66 to thanks to a dagger from EJ Liddell with 15 seconds left. So there's a win for Ohio State. Two on the season so far in close games. December 5th, 2021. Led Penn State for 34 and a half minutes and led by as many as 18. Does that sound familiar? Led by as many as 18 against Penn State. Leads slowly dwindled. Down to six. And then Ohio State was able to hit free throws and they end up winning by 12. They led by as many as 18. They pushed the game to 12. That's fine. You're okay with that. But you still have the common circumstance in which Ohio State has a big lead, loses it. February 24th, 2021, they led by as many as 16 against Illinois, led by as many as 16, one by three. And then the Big Ten Tournament led for over 33 minutes against Penn State, including a 13-point lead. There is only one lead change 
the entire game after Ohio State took the first lead of the game. And Ohio State lost 71-68. to This has been my critique of Chris Holtman since he has been at Ohio State. And I have been more positive on Chris Holtman than the fan base certainly. And I guess that you take that for what it's worth. I, I, I've had someone else say to me before this season, specifically, while Ohio State was on fire, scorching hot, say, hey, look, I know you want to be on Chris Holtman's payroll, but blah, 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 whatever. Okay, guy. Um, I'm not sure how that would even happen, but I've been positive on Chris Holtman. My concern on Chris Holtman, right here. You have got to figure out how to close out games. In the Big Ten, you cannot lead by 18, by 27, by double digits, several times every year, and watch that lead dwindle. When you are up against a team, 10, 12 points with seven minutes left in the first half, I have PTSD at this point because I can't trust that a Chris Holtman-led team can close out a game. And yet again, tonight, we see it happen. Chris Holtman, led Ohio State team, cannot close out Penn State. This wasn't Purdue. This wasn't Illinois. This was Penn State. The, for all we know, at best, probably at best, 13th best team in the Big Ten behind Minnesota. Maybe they'll be 12th best. Who knows? But this is not an NCAA tournament team. This is not an NIT tournament team. This is not a team that's going to make a run in the Big Ten tournament or anything like that. And I could be wrong, and you can clip this, and, and, and freezing cold take me, and that's fine. But what we see from Penn State, what we've seen this year, what we saw tonight, was not a team that's going to go out there and and blow the doors off in any game this season. And yet, Ohio State's defense faltered down the stretch. They couldn't rebound well. They couldn't buy a bucket. The backcourt that has been so good this year finally has an inconsistent night. And we're left with a result of a loss after leading by 18 points. This has been my one critique, and I tweeted it out. This is no longer a trend with Chris Holtman coached basketball teams. This is a habit. This is a chronic illness on the team. You cannot afford to lose these games. At this point in the season, when you are on fire, when I've been talking since the end of November, that you could go into Big Ten play in January with one loss, that's gone. And now you've got a week to prepare for a UCL, UCLA team that can beat you before you take on New Orleans on a sleepy Thursday night before Christmas break when the students are gone and you're taking on the best three-point shooter in NCAA history. That's a fact. Plays for New Orleans. Percentage-wise, last season, he had the best three-point percentage in a year that any player has ever had. And then you take on West Virginia right before the new year. Those games won't be easy. How do you lose games against mid-majors and low-majors? You have your best player go nuts. And your best player going nuts from the three-point line? Sleepy night in the shot where attendance probably will be lower than it has been this entire season when we've already broken two records for lowest attendance. Can't have it. 
This Ohio State team had a chance to prove something tonight. When you're up by 12 at halftime, when you when you destroy a team in many ways on the stat sheet and you get your lead up to 18, you had a chance to prove something. We belong with Purdue. We belong with Illinois. We belong with Wisconsin and whoever the top teams in the Big Ten maybe this year. But with this loss, you fall back to same old Ohio State that we've seen in the past couple years. Can't close out games. Cannot get close when when you're trailing. And if you do get close, well, you're not going to win the game. It's a huge problem with Chris Holtman-led teams. But how big of a deal is this? That is the question. And I'm going to get on to some, some thoughts from you, from the fans, from some friends of the show. But we before we get into that, let's get into college basketball analytics. CBBanalytics.com. We continue to have a couple people sign up for collegebasketballanalytics.com every single week. And that's pretty good for being a small community that we are at Ohio State Basketball. We've got some passionate fans. We've got some really smart fans. And if you want to be a part of that upper echelon of college basketball fans, you need college basketball analytics. The most deep, intense stats that you can find, stats that you didn't even know existed, exist on college basketball analytics. You can get your first month free. Using code SHOT, that's S-C-H-O-T-T. You get a month free using that code, cbbanalytics.com. Poke around for a little bit, sign up for an account, and you can thank me later. Okay. So let's move on from that. Not so much of an opinion, but it's more so, hey, look, this is where we're at with Chris Holtman-led's teams. So I, I, I pushed out a couple of tweets tonight, and I said, just give me your thoughts. And I'm going to go through these one by one and get to as many as I can. I've had a couple more come in in the DM since I've begun recording, but I'm going to get to as many as I can here. We're going to start with the first one I see. That's from at Cheesy Dub. Very good friend of the show, Sean. Thanks for listening, Sean, as always. Thanks for the tweet. He said, I told a buddy of mine weeks ago, as long as we leave December with four at worst losses or less, I'm okay. I think we'll head into December with three losses or less, and I'm fine with that. This was a game they gave away for sure, but if they go 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh forward, folks will shh. And while I, I agree with that, Sean, that if this team goes 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh to close out December, people will be quiet for a little bit. But these games are the types that leave an imprint on the fan base. And for those fans who ride the fence every year and say, maybe I'll support Ohio State this year. Maybe I'll get to a game. Maybe I won't. They will see a game like this and say, no way I'm wasting my money going to the shot. And also, we are not a couple weeks ago. We're not in that same time frame. We're not where we just beat Alabama or the or the weekend before we beat Alabama. We are now at the point where we have the data to know Ohio State stepped in this game 8-1 and one, the only team in college basketball, this is a self-store stat, uh, stat, by the way. No one else found this. I found this. I did the research myself, and I found Ohio State, the only team in college basketball at the time, with seven wins in a row of 10-plus points. That is a team that can't go up by 18 against Penn State and lose. So while that's true, Ohio State could go 2-1 and one or 3-0. and oh, It doesn't matter. A couple weeks ago, that takes fine. Now it doesn't matter. This loss cannot happen. At Brutus 98 underscore. 
another tweet. This seems to be like the movie Groundhog Day. Haven't seen it, not familiar, but he gives me a description. So thanks, Brutus. In which we get excited after solid wins and a good loss, and then the team goes off the rails. I hope this isn't like seemingly every other year prior. Well, I hope so too, first of all. And second of all, two things can be true. And you're going to hear this, okay? Two things can be true about this. Number one, Ohio State should not have lost tonight. That can be true. The second thing that can be true is this loss is just one in a season of 31 games, I believe they have on the regular season schedule. So yeah, we can we can look back at the previous seasons and see trends. And then we can look at this season. And I think that we've seen some trends in the right direction, in the positive direction from Ohio State. Very good three-point shooting team. They've taken care of the basketball. They've rebounded really well. All that we can be excited for. But I wouldn't say at this point that, I mean, yeah, I hope so too, that this team doesn't go off the rails. But I don't think with one game, we can just assume that. And negative Ohio State fans will assume that. And for that, I will say, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Uh, Campbell Smith, at Campbell Smith SC, tweets, Just feeling hurt and downtrodden. Why did the team not fight in the second half? Why did Penn State shut us down on D? Why did we not rebound? Why didn't the coach control the game and stop the bleeding? Inexcusable all around. And I agree. And I think Chris Holtman really struggles with using timeouts, when to use timeouts, and also just helping the the team, like you said, Campbell, just slow down and get a bucket. And I think that we saw, especially in the first half, man, Zed Key, early in the first half, he clonks the back of his head on the hardwood. I don't know how he stayed in that game, and he didn't play much down the stretch in the second. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but Zed Key... For all the hate he got last season, playing with a literal torn labrum, playing through that, trying to, uh, this guy can get buckets offensively against guys that are three, four inches taller than him. Zed Key not only gives up a lot of height in the low post, but he now this season gives up a lot of weight. And Zed Key could go get a bucket for Ohio State in the first half. He scored pretty efficiently. So at some point, you've just got to get the ball to your hot hand and they say it all the time. Think players, not plays. If Bruce Thornton isn't on fire, if Roddy Gale isn't on fire, you can usually trust Zed Key. Jameson Battle was on fire in the first half. Get him the ball. And Jameson Battle got a great look at the end of the second half to tie the game up, and he misses it. And you know he'd love to have that one back. But, yeah. Those are, those are some thoughts there. Let's continue with a couple more thoughts from some other friends. Uh... At Grinstead underscore Dylan, Dylan says, a tipping point for the program is incredibly dramatic. And I agree with that, 100%. Now, that can be true. What can also be true is, it can still be true that this could be a tipping point at Ohio State basketball. Because here's the deal. I just read off about 15, 20 games in which Ohio State has had leads and lost them and then lost a game, had huge leads, and lost them and barely won games or has had the chance to get back in the games, cuts the lead down, cuts it, cuts the deficit down, and then loses. It's no longer a trend. It's a chronic ongoing illness 
at Ohio State basketball. And this, I would say, is a tipping point for Ohio State basketball in that you have the chance to change the narrative this year. And in the next close game you get, and it very well could be against UCLA, you have the chance to change the narrative. Is this a tipping point for the program? This one game? No. This one game is not. But the reaction to it, I think, will certainly be. Chet Ramey, at Chet Ramey, says zero second half adjustments, no Bonner for backcourt defense, no key for an offensive charge, short bench, no rest. Speaking of short bench, where was Devin Royal in this game? Devin Royal, I spoke about it on the last show, on the last review show, I think. He's been playing really well for Ohio State. I've really enjoyed watching Devin Royal adjust to Division I college basketball this year after being a a local Columbus kid and playing great in Division I high school basketball. He now steps in and plays college basketball at The Ohio State University. He's played really well. No Devin Royal in this game. I don't get it. But yeah, you're right. Short bench. No rest. That's that's all true. But the second half adjustments, man. You've got to find you've got to find a hot hand. You've got to get on the ball, I think. And it's an easy thing to say. It's a very easy thing to say. A lot harder thing to do and execute. At Alex Alex Bomber 1 says, I'm of the opinion that if Holtman doesn't either A, win the Big Ten regular season, or B, advance to at least a Sweet 16, it is time to move on. Ohio State basketball is better than this and is dangerously close to becoming irrelevant. I don't think that if Ohio State doesn't win the Big Ten regular season that Holtman's gone. I don't think that should be a goal, and I think there's a 0% chance that that happens. You're not going to go win more games than Purdue in Big Ten play. So that's not an issue. But the Sweet 16 has been what we've been waiting for under Chris Holtman. And the fact that he hasn't been able to get there, the fact that he had a horrible season last year, not good. I think the timing for Chris Holtman, though, is pretty ideal for his sake. Gene Smith isn't going to fire someone immediately when he leaves, essentially. That'd be his last parting gift to Ohio State University. And the new AD likely is not going to want to make a change like that. Unless, unless they are very aggressive and very confident that they can find a better fit for Ohio State basketball. I think coming into the season, I believe I had a mailbag question on this. How hot is Chris Holtman's seat? I still think it's warm. It's it's warmer than room temperature, but it's not hot. You're not sweating at all. I think I, I actually I described it this way. It's like when when you're a kid and you go to the grocery store. I, I explained it this exact way. So if you've already hit it, heard it, pardon, but I'll say it again. It's like when you're a kid, you're at the grocery store with your mom, and you, you've got a person in front of you, and they've got a lot of stuff there. But that clerk is just checking them out a little too quickly. And your mom says, oh, sweetie, I forgot to get a gallon of milk. Let me go get that real quick. I'll be right back. And you say, mama, please no. Don't leave me here. What happens when they get done with this person in front of us and I'm by myself? Well, that's not mama's problem. She's got to go get the milk. And it's uncomfortable. And you can see the future either being could be completely fine or Oh my gosh, I'm screwed. But you're not sweating. There, the, the clerk is just now starting checking out this first person, okay? You should be okay, but the uncomfort, it's there. You can see the bad scenario coming. 
potentially. That's still where I think Chris Holtman is. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this. It's Well, actually, I am going to try to pronounce it, but I'm going to do it wrong. Um, at Garav Agochia. I hope that that was okay. I believe you follow us, and um, you're pretty active on Twitter, so appreciate that. Holtman has to know how to adjust the game plan when the other team starts figuring things out. You cannot survive in the Big Ten without knowing how to adjust your game plan. You just can't. Um, yeah, sure. I think that's fair. I think that's valid. I think, again, at some point, Chris Holtman teams need to sit down and defend and slap the floor and be able to get a stop. And we did not see that against Penn State. Didn't see it. You're up by 18. There's no excuse. You shouldn't have to continue to keep the pedal on the metal. You should be able to get some stops and rebound down the stretch and close out a game. Ohio State unable to do that. Um, Let me check some DMs here. Buckeye Commander at Rudy Bucks. Appreciate the 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 tweet here or the the DM whatever. He says this game hurt. All we heard was this team learned from the losses last year, but here we are losing quote this game again. And I think you're hitting the nail on the head. We are losing quote this game again. And it doesn't take if you're an Ohio State basketball fan, you know what this game means. It is you get a big lead just like I've spoken about to start the show, I listed off all the games Ohio State has played in the past two seasons in which they had a big lead or they were trailing, get back in the game, and they're unable to get back in it and win the game. And you're right. We are here losing this game again. Again, like I said before to Dylan, this is a tipping point. This game, this one game is not the tipping point. What is the tipping point is Ohio State's reaction to this game. All right, last one here. Ben Madden at underscore pure sharp underscore. Shout out, Ben, friend of the show. He's got a lot of thoughts here, but I'm going to take one, okay? He says, UCLA is a tough game. Have to take care of the ball. That's what killed us in games the last two years more than anything else. He also says, He also mentioned Devin Royal not getting any minutes, Scotty getting hurt, all that stuff happening, but Holtman still has work to do on the rotations. Difficult because Taysom Chapman was hurt, and so on and so forth. And I get that. Um, Taysom Chapman clearly isn't ready. When he has been in for Ohio State so far this year, he has not looked good. But let me tell you someone else who hasn't looked good this year. And I'm sorry to continue to be on this train, but it's Evan Mahaffey. Go back. Just... If you're in on Evan Mahaffey being a good defender, go back and watch this game against Penn State. And if you're in on him being able to score 10, 8 points per game, go back and watch this game. When he gets the ball, he looks as awkward as I'll get out. I mean, just does not look prepared to have the ball in his hands. Tonight, in the second half, Penn State, they go with the 2-3 zone. And what do you need against the 2-3 zone? You need a player flashing to the middle. You need someone else on a block. And you need three guys at the three-point line. And potentially you can take one guy flashing from the middle to the short corner to the corner three-point line. That's fine. Did not see that a lot tonight. Sometimes Evan Mahaffey would do it. Sometimes he would set a screen. And that's on not on Mahaffey. That's more so on Chris Holtman 
and John Diebler. Jake Diebler, sorry. And it, again, no adjustments. You're not able to beat a 2-3 zone. This isn't the Syracuse 2-3 zone from 15 years ago. It's a 2-3 zone that everyone has seen for 10 years, 15 years, since they played junior high basketball and probably before. And being unable to beat a 2-3 zone, not only in this one, but also against Oakland to start the year. And then they go play Texas A&M. And if they zone them, they struggled. And do I have their schedule up? Let me let me pull their schedule real quick. Because I know they've had some other games in which they play 2-3 zone teams. Merrimack, 2-3 zone. They struggled in the first half against that. Western Michigan was all man. So they were fine there. I, I think there was another game where they played a 2-3 zone. But it didn't matter. Ohio State could not handle a 2-3 zone. And that's really, 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 really frustrating. Because it's a 2-3 zone. It's not a 1-3-1. They're not trapping you. You don't have to get heavy with ball movement. Put four out, one in, little shell, and, and try to move the ball. But man, it was frustrating. And you know what? At the end of the game, Chris Holtman and Jake Diebler, they drop a play. They get the ball to the corner. They get a backside screen for for Jamison Battle. And he gets a look. Credit to Ohio State. Jamison Battle got a look. And guess what? If Battle hits that three, and if Ohio State is able to pull out this game and win in overtime or something like that, the reaction is not this way. And that sounds very obvious to say, but it's true. But at the same time, wins and losses matter. This is the the only part in life where at times the result can be indicative of if a decision was right or wrong or if a if a coach is right or wrong or whatever. You get up by 18 and you should not be in the spot where Jamison Battle has to hit a 3 to tie the game back up. That is that is crucially bad. Where Jamison Battle after being up by 18 The pressure is on his shoulders to tie the game up for Ohio State. Can't have it. So a lot of reactions from people tonight. People furious on Twitter. And I get that. Here's the thing. If you're looking for any hope, any silver lining for Ohio State heading forward in Big Ten play. Number one, this is the tipping point for Ohio State. Not this game, but the reaction moving forward. Can they get in a tight game against UCLA and win? and pull away can they get out to a big lead against West Virginia and not win by seven when they go into Big Ten play and they play at Indiana can you not fold can you be with them and with five minutes left can you still be able to play your game and with two minutes left can you still be able to play your game against Texas A&M they got the point 35 minutes into the game they can still play their game three two minutes left now you're struggling you really need a bucket can you go back and forth punch for punch, punch with, with Indiana? That's going to be the question. So, this game is not the end of the season. It is just one game. And the good thing is you are now getting a taste of what it will be like rooting for Ohio State football next year with the college football playoff. Has 12 teams and one loss, two losses. Don't kill you. That's why we hate the playoff expansion. But if you're going to enjoy watching Ole Miss get destroyed by 
Oregon next year, then then more power to you. Um, regardless, it is not over for Ohio State. They have a couple games to get things right before they play in Big Ten play. If they lose to UCLA, that's fine. It is what it is. You're not going to be excited about it. You're not going to be thrilled at all. But get the bad losses out now and go win in Big Ten play. Ohio State has a chance to respond. Chris Holtman has a chance to respond. And Chris Holtman at this point is going to be coaching as if his life depends on it. Because he needs to get back to the tournament. He needs to get to the Sweet 16. He needs to pull out all the stops. This team just got a taste of what it's like to lose a game that they were crushing a team in just like they did last season. And now they've got that taste back in their mouth. They remember how much it sucks, how bitter it is, and now you've got the chance to respond. The only question is, will they respond? They are capable. They have one of the best backcourts in the Big Ten. They've got Zed Key and Felix Akpara, a phenomenal one-two punch at center. They've got some guys who can guard. They've got some freshmen with potential. This team has plenty of talent, and it can do it. The question is, will they respond? I think they can. I don't know that they will, but I think they can. I'm going to try to have a guest on early in the week to kind of go through some thoughts on Ohio State's season thus far. How should we be feeling? What do we like? What do we not like? So be on the lookout for an episode like that. Before we preview UCLA, that one will probably drop on Thursday of this week. I appreciate you listening today and all the support that you give in wins, losses, or otherwise. Just appreciate it. If you don't mind, again, season of giving subscribe didn't even ask you to at the start of the show if you're this far in you probably already do so i thank you for that if you already do leave a five-star review if you haven't already but i'm going to shut up before you shut me off go bucks